Welcome to Soberish. I'm here with Ryan Singer. Hey. Ryan, you're somebody that people talk to me uh people talk to me about you all the time. People always ask me if I know you. This is a um a common thing we share in common. People always ask me if I know who really? I am too. <laughs> or no, they, 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 people are always I have a friend of mine who I met I became friends with through one of my other podcasts who is like literally your maybe your biggest fan. Really? And constantly has well has been telling me for I haven't known her all that long, but she's been telling me for a while, like from minute one, you have to talk to Jesse. You have <laughs> to. And I was like, okay, you uh, on my radar now. Like as far as like, you know, and I've been gone so much this year. I haven't yeah. really been able to like line a lot of stuff up. But um, but multiple people are like, how have you not? Yeah, those are people who are like, you guys are friends, right? And I'm like, yeah. no. And um, I don't know, had you pictured as someone else in my head? And then some people confuse me with Ryan Sickler. Um, I know when they Ryan don't know Sickler. either one of us. When they don't know, really know either one of us, they hear Ryan Singer and they think Ryan Sickler. Or yeah. the names are so similar. Karen Rontowski would talk about you a lot. And there is a Mormon comic, very funny Mormon comic with like a Seinfeld ish vibe, but his name is Ryan something, right? Um. Oh wait. Oh wait. You're not thinking of Ryan Hamilton, are Ryan you? Ryan Hamilton, yeah. yeah. And so for a long time, I was just like, man, you are really close. Because she told me one thing about Ryan Hamilton. And then from then on, every time she ever talked about you, I was like, this is really interesting. I don't, I just forgot that guy's name was Hamilton. And was just like, I wouldn't imagine any of this to be yeah, true. Yeah, Ryan Hamilton him. might have one of the best jokes ever about hot air balloons. But, oh my um, God, yeah. that's but, I watched um, that on acid. Yeah, uh, he's so funny. But uh, yeah, definitely different, totally different. <laughs> comedians uh <laughs> but Rontowski is one of my good buddies she's one of my investigation partners when we do when i do in paranormal investigations she's always she's like one of the first people i'll call to crew up to go yeah. investigate something that was the stuff something. she was telling me and i was like man where does ryan hamilton find the time <laughs> yeah. it's just like he's doing paranormal <laughs> investigations <laughs> fortunately for ryan singer has too much time to do paranormal investigations you have uh, two podcasts i have two podcasts one's me and paranormal you um which uh we're doing tomorrow yep uh, I mean, what is time in the world right. of podcasts? But and then that's one I've been doing for, I guess, five and a half years. Oh wow! And the other one is pretty new, half a year old, called "This Is Where the Magic Happens" with my friend Angela Lovell, who's a psychic and a witch. And Ooh. so it's mostly about witchcraft and the occult and things like that. Um, because I I do love magic and uh, partake in. I guess chaos magic is what you would call it. I, I okay. pra- I'm a practitioner of chaos magic. And I mean, I love, I mean, I've embraced the woo of all things. And yeah. I'm trying to like make that word not be such a bad word. This is demystical-fying is something I'm trying to turn into a thing. <laughs> I love how there's, it's probably the closest word I've heard in the last 15 years to super crap. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Yeah, it's, um, it's a lot. It's a mouthful. Yeah, demystical-fying. Demystical-fying, yeah. Demystical-fying. Yeah. I love it. I like I'm trying to take... Um, I'm trying... Because I just don't think it's that... I don't think woo is that crazy when you put it in context with what we considered woo in 2000 to its mainstream now. It's just that. It's just the elevating of consciousness and the woo people are the ones... 
there's a whole thing called fake awakes. I don't enjoy that group of people. But for uh, the trust fund hippie, like yeah. uh, energy healer, people that get people. a hold of the words and you can just and none of it's oh, real. Yeah. They feel yeah. like a matrix program that got like AI that got fed. How real are you shit. like? Of course, the universe. Of course, you're a master manifester. You're absolutely beautiful your perfection <laughs> yes. of physical form and have money in your family yeah so Ugh. you're telling me you were able to manifest everything you want <laughs> what a shock you know and i don't know if we're allowed to use bad words on this but oh, i'm yeah. guessing we are and i'm on this path of journey or whatever i try to be on to try to be a better person but some of these motherfuckers it's like i mean because but you get that with everything i mean five five years ago people thought i was weird because i had crystals in my pocket yeah. Now almost everybody I know has a stone at least yep. in their pocket. And which to me, and I'm really trying hard, especially with the UFO stuff that's happened recently, uh, when the Navy pilots who are now enlisted are allowed to talk about unidentified flying objects. Now everybody who knows I've been into this um is is like messaging me, Oh my God, did you blah blah blah? And I was like, I told you this shit. Like yeah, y'all acted like I was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But now the mainstream Media, blah, blah, blah. And I'm trying to really not let UFOs and all this stuff be like that indie rock band I loved and I told everyone to check out for years and they never did. And now they've got a radio hit and they love them. And I'm just going to be like, I knew those sons of bitches before they were famous. Yep. You know, I'm trying not to have that mentality because I do think it's great that more people know about you know, like working on yourself. I mean, because at the end of the day, it's hard work on yourself and it yep. sucks mm -hmm. because it's difficult. And like these things are just elements of that. I mean, the crystals are shiny, you know, uh, the yoga pants are hot yeah. or whatever. <laughs> the yoga bodies are sexy or whatever. Um, you know, I'm Im I'm immediately skeptical if someone does yoga. If you do yoga and you have made it any part of your social media presence or any part of your personality, uh, <laughs> you have to prove to me that you're not a piece of shit. Like you are a default piece of shit, and you have to prove otherwise. Uh, which is, you know, that, uh, I think so yoga is great, but it, it's performative, and I don't. I'm like, no, you have to anything mainstream woo. My friend who's a huge fan of you is a yogi. Yeah. I and, like yoga. Now, and, uh, it's very so difficult funny. for me. No, I, I have tried. Um, I've never gone studio. I've always done YouTube or videos online at home because I'm yeah. just a little self-conscious about my inflexibility. <laughs> Same. And, uh, my lack of balance. Because people, like, people are shocked when they realize how inflexible I am. <laughs> They're like, no, you're, you're being funny. And I'm like, no, I'm not being funny. Uh, I just... I drive too much and I don't stress and I'm trying to do better. Yeah. But I mean, I just did 7,000 miles like a couple of weeks ago. Just got back from that like last week. And so if I'm not stretching every day, now I'm like a literal plank. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's just like, oh. That's funny that you've had multiple conversations in which your flexibility was doubted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was, there's, there's multiple people shocked by They're this. They're like, your mind is so pliable. Why yeah. is your body so stiff? <laughs> your personality is, I can't stand up straight. Like, I, my balance is, so kind of how I meditate is I walk on curbs. There's um, multiple parking lots near my house where I just walk on the parking curbs, you know, and it's my like my favorite thing to do. But part of the reason that it's my favorite, I call it curbing. Part of the reason it's my favorite thing to do is because I cannot stay on one. I fall over. I failed a surprise. I haven't had a drink in 20 years. I failed 
a sobriety test. That's not true. I've had a drink, but I don't drink. I failed a sobriety test sober, stone cold sober, because she wanted me to walk in a line. And I was like, God, can I just get a breathalyzer? Like, I cannot. Is it your equilibrium or what is it? I think a lot of equilibrium. a lot of ear infections when I was a kid that maybe my my equal well, that'll do it, shot. Right? Yeah, I mean I'm saying that very definitively yeah. as if I have any idea. That'll I don't know if it's do just because it. I'm yeah. a spaz and just can't. I can't do anything slow. You can't Everything even stay focused fast. when it might mean you will go to jail if you don't. Yeah, no, that was uh, quite <laughs> funny. My passenger, my par- podcast partner slash stuff was so drunk. That, and for some reason, she came to his window, and he had so much alcohol on his breath that the whole car, it seemed like the whole car smelled. And I was driving, and she made me get out, and she was just convinced. But then she's, like, having me stare at this light. What about and the breathalyzer? I did finally was like, can I just take a breathalyzer? And she was like, hell yeah. And then it was 0.0, because, <laughs> bitch, I haven't had a drink in years. But she, like, wanted me to follow this light with my eyes. Oh, but yeah, because they can I tell from the twitches. I had blind spots from staring at the sun, but oh, it didn't feel like that was the right thing Were you a sun gazer for a minute? There was just a moment where I felt like I need that the sun wasn't what it's been presented as oh, and that gotcha. I needed to stare at it until my light, my to eyes adjusted truth. to it to see it. It did not look like a ball. Like one of those light. old dinosaur paintings that if you unfocus your eyes, you can see that it's not just a bunch of weird shapes. Now yeah. there's a dinosaur in the woods. That has never worked for me, but weirdly I can see ghosts and aliens and stuff. But that's probably because my macula is severely damaged. <laughs> I don't know what macula is, but it sounds cool. Isn't it a cool word? I was yeah. really excited when it wasn't like retina or cornea. It's I was like, oh, eyeball. I burnt my macula. Is it a layer or something? Is it's it a... the back of the lens, I think. So there's burns in it. And it's the thing that degenerates for old people. So it's fine details. So I have the the holes, right? They look like if you looked at that um, light bulb and then looked away, you'll have the light bulb permanently oh, in your sh- eye. Oh, so I have yeah. those. And then, but it also is like fine detail. So if there's more than one brunette dude in a sh- in a movie, I don't know who is who, <laughs> and I can't read street signs. And there's no like corrective lenses for that. No, they can't do anything because then and then I'm like weirdly ne- nearsighted and farsighted, but also very perceptive. So when they have me do the eye thing, it's like I can't see it, but my brain will tell me what it is. I guess it's inconvenient to be psychic because I'll read the line, but I'm like, I can't see it. I can just tell you what it is because it seems obvious to me what these letters would be, but I can't see them. So all your other senses are going and your sixth mm-hmm. sense is really like getting juiced up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm seeing this in the ether. So I that's, don't know. There's nothing that's interesting. they can do. And side note, when I'm at, there's this place called Brand Park. I love this place. Um, I mean, I've got an issue with a, a crow that hates me, but other than that, I love this place. I curb all the time. What do you call it? Curbing? Curbing, yeah. I'm always, if there's curbs, I'm on it because it makes me feel like I'm nine years old. Yeah, I love I it. If I try to walk on the curb. I love it. And I don't see anybody curbing. And I'm like, what's wrong with it? It's Nobody like, what's curbs. wrong with you people? Yeah. Why are you not enjoying the curb? Like, I was going to say, God put this curb here yeah, for you. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> but I love the curbing. Like, you're not, that's, people, more people need to curb. More people need to curb. In a strange, because I do it multiple times a day. So there's a small parking lot. The owners of this business must be like, what the fuck? Because oh, I'm there are... multiple times a day. But then if I go all the way around the block, there is the jackpot of curbs that just go forever. There's nobody ever in this gigantic parking lot in Glendale where I just like last week I did acid and just like set up a, a like a camping spot on the little piece of grass of this parking lot. 
and then it's by a baseball field. And then a guy brought his daughter there, and it's like three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm Wait, high is, in, on acid. I might know where this parking lot is. Is it right across the street from a park? I could have been in an actual park. <laughs> well, I I mean, I'm not trying to give away your curb spots, but yeah. um, <laughs> the uh, the the place I was I was just referring to has a baseball field. Yep. It's a huge parking lot. And then it looks over the whatever those fake whatever that thing is fake river. What is that? Oh, the L.A. River. What is that thing? What are those things called? The, the aqueduct. Aqua. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say rivulet, but that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> that's there's no way that's right. Is it? I don't. It's a cool I think word. That's I have a sandwich I, at McDonald's. Is it? Oh yeah. <laughs> the rivulet is back. <laughs> Oh, actually, so it might be a different park because uh, Brian doesn't look over the aqueduct or... Okay. Oh, wait a second. No, it doesn't. There it's is like Kana- some kind of Kanata. water... St- Do not come to my f- my fucking park. Um, there is a water storage treatment thing there. But um, but yeah, anyway, I was convinced. The only reason I started hiking at Brand Park was because I saw some documentary about like the apocalypse, one of those like science shows where they're like, um, you know predicting what the end of the world could be yeah. scenarios. And then it said apocalyptic on the screen. It had a guy in a room that was just a bunch of computers, right? Like the deck, like, or like the, the bridge of like a Star Trek enterprise kind of had this futuristic looking vibe to it. And on the screen, it said apocalyptic research center, Verdugo Hills, Glendale, California. And I was like, that's brand park mother. So I'm like, I am hiking through Brand the Verdugo Hills four times a week when I'm home, trying to find the Apocalyptic Research Center. And I have Holy not shit. found it yet. And I've been hiking for seven years. I'm still yet to find the Apocalyptic Research. I'm sure it's probably a lot more difficult than I, or it's inside the mountain. Oh my God. Have you done a Randonaut adventure yet? Um, what the, wait, why did I just hear about the Randonaut like two days ago for the first time? Some something I found on Reddit. <gasps> I think when oh. I found it, it was it, like ten people knew about it. And then oh, I there's ta- this. They just did it at which he went. There's this place, and it's called uh, Black Sheep Burbank. Are you familiar with that art gallery? No. It's um, dark arts. Art. Oh shit! So it's all like dark arts inspired stuff, right? Um, and this artist, I guess. I have never met her, but she's, I guess she is a renowned like underground artist named Pookie and she's a witch and I believe she's psychic. Um, it's her gallery. Oh, wow. And so this guy, Zach, I knew this, I knew he was going to come up. Zachariah, this guy, Zachariah, the witch is what he goes by. Um, he does, he like hosts a thing there every Wednesday called Witchy Wednesdays. And I was unable to make it last week because I was... Uh, I don't know where I, I think I just got back into town or something, but they were doing a randonaut thing. Oh shit! Uh, just like a couple of days ago. Yeah, I, I hang out in the dimension jump. Well, I was hanging out in the dimension jumping Reddit, and then I heard them mention randonauts, and so then I went to that one, and it was it was pr- not saying ten people, but it was it was kind of small, and I brought it up to several people, and nobody knew what I was talking about. But it's like um, on one of these chat apps. It just sends you a random place. It's supposed to glitch the matrix or whatever, take you out of your predetermined thing. And I had just done my first dimension jump, my first two cup thing. Oh, you did the cups. Mm-hmm. The cups. I put four gigantic things on in my life. All four happen. And you just use straight water? I use straight water. I'm now experimenting with like health problems. You know what's really interesting about all this? 
among, well, one of the many interesting things is the work of Dr. Masuri Moto when it comes to intention or verbalizing or even thinking, uh, labeling water and like how it changes the yeah. molecular structure of it when they examine the crystals after they've been frozen. So you have, you know, what a lot of people would say is woo-woo science. But it's like these to these people, I just say, like, suspend your disbelief for a minute. Your yeah. body's like 60% water, bro. Like, stop hating yourself so much. Now you're fucking up all your crystals inside yourself. Right. Right? But so when you tie into the fact that we can affect the structure of of water, potentially, right? And now you have... And I'm so into inter. I I know for a fact that you know interdimensional portals exist. I want to talk much about that I, next. With as you. much as I can know, as yeah. much as I can say, I know. But um, so when you combine that aspect of there's a lot I'm trying to unpack here. I think so. My brain's kind of like. <laughs> Um, and so I feel like my brain's like one of those old typewriters. Um, and so like that in combination with the cups thing, cause I've tried that before and yeah. it's never worked. And like, because that's in accordance with the mirror, right? You're doing it at the same time as, or no, not with the mirror. Not with the, the mirror. mirror one is interesting as well. Um, which is, you know, kind of, it gets into scrying a little bit too, yeah. like the mirror mm-hmm. does, which is interesting. Um, and then there's also that concept of someone told me, I don't know if this is true or not, about how, you know, when you have like, if you sit in silence with a total stranger and stare into each other's eyes without breaking, someone you don't know, like after four minutes, you'll they'll be in love with each other. What? This is like something I heard. I don't know. People can fact check it or look it up or whatever. But like two and a half minutes is like major emotional release. And then like, because it's very different. No, nobody ever looks at each other directly in the eyes for like four minutes. Yeah, straight that would, I would say, literally die. Without saying anything. That's, oh, I mean, Ugh. just even thinking about it. Yeah. Right? Weird though. My podcast partner was at a something where he just did that recently that's interesting so you did the dimensional jumping and i know you've probably have you talked it about on it on here about not it on, on this yet? not on this podcast okay no. so the um you did the cups and i did the cups which felt like like magic ritual kind of like needing to so there it is. i'm getting the the poppy pop yeah i'm popping in and out i thought it was my ears popping Okay, so a little bit of history. I've been manifesting, been a pretty good manifester of reality since, I think, 13. I really figured it out, kind of nailed it. And um, so pretty good at manifesting, kind of had my own rules of manifesting, never really found them all completely explained anywhere, but just through trial and error. I'm into that. That's the way I think everything should be for people. Yeah. So it was, yeah, I can't really perceive anything I read until I've already had my own experience to like understand it, if that makes sense. So when reality transurfing came along, it, and I never did, I have the 800 page book, but the article I read about it really kind of broke down a lot of the rules that I had already experienced. Things like the releasing of importance you know, the thing I didn't like about The Secret is you're telling people to be super attached to the thing that they want to create. And it's like the opposite energy. That's a pushing energy. That's not an attracting energy. And uh, the acknowledgement of failure is a necessary, like, release of pressure on the thing that you're trying to attract. Anyway, back, 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 try. So 
Manifesting I had gotten pretty good at by 2017, and 2017 was the first time I started to feel the timelines. And when people talk about alternate dimensions and shit, none of that shit ever made any sense to me. And this was the first time that I was like, oh, I'm on a timeline, and I can feel the outcome of this timeline. I can feel the trajectory. And then I got bumped to a different timeline. Is that like deja vu in advance, almost, or like a knowingness in advance? Like you're having like um, hindsight, but foresight but it's, it's as yeah. foresight i can see it in like the 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 space where i can see things it looks like there is a track like a track from a high school gym class or something it's gray and it's the year right so like we're at the top of it right now and it goes like this and so i can see certain things but when i say stuff like i'm currently not dating for a year i can feel that that plan hit something in February. So I know something's going to happen in February. Like I'm only going to make it to February. Someone's going to come along. I'm going to have to address that something. Um, when I, I moved to LA because I had done, this is not happening. And I was trying to get to LA before it came out. And right before I got here, this is like six months into feeling these trajectories where I just kind of, nothing's a surprise anymore. Like people come into my life and I'm like, yeah, I knew you were coming. Like, uh, I know what step to take next. And, so I get, I almost get here. I'm two days from being here. My car, like I got a flat tire and I get an email that, oh, we bumped your episode back a year. And I don't have a plan. Like I just moved to LA because it felt on this trajectory, like I should be here. And then I, but I was like, no, it's still on that thing. It's still on the trajectory for the spring. And so I told the people close to me, like, I, don't, I think they're wrong. Like, I don't know. It's still coming out. And then it it did. Like, I got two weeks notice. Like, it, you know, months had gone by and I released it. I wasn't, like, clinging to it, yeah. you know, but I was like, all right, I, that's weird. It feels like it's going to happen. And then it happened. So I've had a lot of experiences with that. But then I started having experiences of getting bumped off of that timeline and the trajectory would change. And I'm like, well, I don't know how the fuck I got here. How do I get back to the other one? So were you able ever able to identify the energy of the thing that was doing the bumping? I think I was, well, that's, so then reality transurfing comes along. And as soon as I read like an article about reality transurfing, I'm like, oh, okay. So all these timelines are bumping into each other and we're just, we are just unknowingly hopping from one to the other. And I, I read about like the, the wave of fortune where a better timeline bumps into your timeline sometimes, and you can learn to surf to the more favorable timeline. But likewise, an unfavorable timeline bumps into your timeline and people will ride that to the, you know, so like you get a parking ticket and you freak the fuck out about the parking ticket. And next thing you know, you get a flat tire and then this bill you didn't know, like everyone's done that, right? They've, they've synced up to the shitty timeline and then just ridden that forever. So I had learned through regular manifestation. I ignore everything I don't like. Something comes along. I don't like it gets no energy. I'm just like... Unless I want more of it, you know, I'm not saying it never gets my, but especially money stuff is just, pff, who cares? My car gets towed uh, at a gig and it's twice the amount that I made it to gig. I just, I laugh. I don't give it anything because otherwise I'm good. It's going to be loss after loss after loss. So it's kind of that principle. And um, so then I kind of figured out how to like sync back up to the timeline that I wanted to be on. And then dimension jumping came along. The cups came along. And the cups were just a great way to kind of do a ritual to act out the switching. But I think, because I had a portal experience the other night, I think 
we are really close to just being able to open portals and hop onto a different timeline. That's that's where it starts getting. I mean, there's all these things that I've intellectually believed. Yeah. For years, for a long time, and then the the experiencing of them. That's a whole new ball game. Right. And it's like, I can sit here and I can say, wouldn't it be so... And I've had this experience before in my past, like the thing that first, you know, jolted me into like believing that, oh, there is an unlimited possibility of things that I didn't realize could or are real. And now I have to figure this out because I've been awoken to it. Yeah. By no, no credit to me. You know what I mean? Right. Do you want to tell me what happened? Yeah. Well, 15 years ago, or I don't know roughly the time, um, the exact time, which is good, might sound strange to some people. Um, There was like, you know, years earlier in my life, lots of timelines are a little bit hazy. Yeah. Like one of my buddies was, we, you know, we just called him Dr. Feelgood. I mean, so, I mean, people can piece together what that means. Yeah. (laughs) Take this pill and this pill and this pill. And then, you know, when you've drank too much, then take this pill. Yeah. But don't take this pill until after you've drank too much. So keep it a different. And so it's just like a that lot of that kind of. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, hey, man. Relatable. You've never lied to me before, man. You know, so um, there was a woman I started, I met because I was running a open mic at uh, Miyagi's, which is no longer a thing. I think it's now Pink's or something on like West Sunset. Um, and this was a long time ago. Yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> Me and a buddy of mine were running it. He was a waiter there. I was a bar back. And uh, the it was the worst open mic in Los Angeles. Wow, that's a difficult... Yeah, because... These days, that's difficult. Because the, uh, the Bar Miyagi's had like three levels, and we did it on the third level, where the third level was built to look like uh, Master Miyagi's backyard from oh, the Karate Kid. So there was a big koi pond in the middle. So there's a stage, a giant koi pond, <laughs> and then a bar. Right. And then there's like booths on the side. And the only people who ever showed up were tourists who didn't understand English there to have the sushi and some sake and stuff like that. And so it was brutal. Yeah. I just did a very similar show. Yeah. It was brutal. And this uh, gal shows up, does stand up comedy for the first time ever. I was like, oh, she's, that's, you know, that's pretty good for her first time. You know, uh, she was cute or whatever. And, but, you know, I was just like, oh, I'm running this show. No big deal. And then she leaves. I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll see her again sometime. Who knows? You know, so many people start and never keep doing comedy. And the bartender goes, she wrote something in your notebook. And I was like, what the, what? <laughs> Who's writing in my notebook? You know, I mean, you don't do that. No, that's And weird. so uh, I open up the notebook and I see it's her name and phone number. Okay. Well, then that's okay. So I was like, okay, I'll give her a pass. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I call her. I think I call her that night. And uh, it's late, and she she says, are you spontaneous? And I go, yeah. And she goes, well, let's hang out right now. And I was like, ah, you know, I got an early morning. (laughs) And she goes, oh, Mr. Spontaneous. I was like, okay, well, fuck it. So we're hanging out. Uh, This is back when I smoked, and I'm like smoking cigs on her back patio in Culver City or something. And uh, I start telling her how there was a lizard that lived in my brain. And to most people, that's a pretty weird sentence to <laughs> I'm and, half reptilian. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. I'm so, a hybrid. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she's like, what? And I'm like, I don't know. I just, I don't know how to describe it. There's a sensation I get every once in a while. And I just feel like it's a lizard in the back bottom of my brain trying to like claw its way out. And every time it happens, something 
you know, that it signifies something's getting ready to happen in my life. And every once in a while, I'll see a lizard eye. I just actually saw it again for the first time in a long time when I was in Asheville a couple of weeks ago. Wow. Um, doing an LED light meditation. I don't know if you've ever done one of those, no, but I, I can tell you about that. I heard about it, yeah. It's insane. And uh, so anyway, she's like, you're a real weirdo after I'm telling her all this, right? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know, I'm a weirdo. And uh, she's like, well, I'm a weirdo too. And I was like, oh, you, you're a weirdo too, huh? You got a lizard in your brain? And she goes, <laughs> she goes, no. But she's like, I could tell you, but you know what? You're weird enough, I could tell you. And then she goes on to explain to me that she changes her appearance and her form uh, uncontrollably. Basically, what she's describing to me is morphing and or shape-shifting. Shape-shifting. Depending on you know how you want to label it. And I'm just like, it goes back to that thing we were saying a little bit ago about intellectually, this is awesome. But then when you experience it, and I was like, this is awesome. You're like an X-Men? Like, this is so yeah. cool. And she goes, trust me, it won't be so cool if you ever saw it. And it's been, you know... You know, I'm an outcast to my family and blah, blah, blah. You know, people think I'm a freak and I'm such a, you know, I'm a, I'm a total freak. And she was raised in a very strict Muslim family. Oh, man. And um, anyway, so we start, we keep hanging out and we're having a pretty intense relationship that has zero boundaries right from the beginning. <laughs> The first time we hang out, she writes in my note, my comedy notebook. That's how it starts. And then I tell her I have a lizard that lives in my brain. And then she tells me she can shape shift. So, you know, the Us, foundation of any yeah. good, long lasting relationship is being, it, the bricks are being put down. Yeah. Then one night we're at her apartment and I didn't remember this detail until over 10 years had went by since we'd seen each other. And uh, she make sure I remembered this because I forgot it. But we had just had sex. That's the detail I forgot. And I, I'm laying in her bed and I look over toward her and I see a like a blonde-haired white woman, which is like the opposite of who this gal is. She was born in Iraq and she was, you know, probably about 5'4", tops, um, dark complexion, dark hair, dark eyes. And uh, well, her eyes actually weren't that dark. But I saw like a white chick in yeah. bed. And I... This is the first time you've seen her sh ship. Yes. Ships, yeah. And and I didn't know if I was ever going to see her shift, you know, because it wasn't like she was like glitching all day, like the yeah. like the gal from Wreck It Ralph. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I see that, and instead of being like, "Oh my God, this is so cool, you are like an X Man," I lost my mind. Like I thought, um, I thought I went crazy in the moment. Like my reality burst into like a billion pieces, and I wasn't exactly like great and stable to begin with. Right. Um, and there's this great musician, Adam Fawcett, who told me one of the craziest stories I've ever heard, but he described like ex in the moment when it starts happening to him, he explained it the best way I've ever heard that resonated with me. It was like, you know, I always thought when I was younger that I'd go crazy someday. Like it's likely that I'm going to go crazy because I feel like I'm different in my mind yeah. than everybody else. He goes, but then, and so then this moment happened. And I'd always used to say that, and I'm not sure if I believed it, but then this moment hap started happening, and I realized, oh, this is when I go crazy. Yeah, I, I've had a few of those. I've been given the, the opportunity to at least understand the moment I lose my mind, even though I may never know it after this moment. Yeah. This is the last time I'm ever going to feel like I had awareness of being normal, quote-unquote normal. 
And so that's what happened. I freak out. She talk, She literally is like talking me off a ledge um, of her bed. I'm on the end of her bed rocking back and forth. Like it's, it's almost like in a movie or something. And I just didn't know where I was. And I just kept saying, where am I? Where am I? Like I, I couldn't even like figure out where I was. And so she just keeps saying, you're in my apartment. And I'm like, where is your apartment? She's like in Los Angeles. I'm like, where is that? So she's like California. I'm like, where is California? And she's like, it's in the United States. And I was like, where is that? And she's like, it's on earth. I'm like, where is earth? It's Milky Way galaxy. Wow. Paradigm you know? shift. Yeah. So it's like now, and then she just keeps saying like, you're in my apartment in Los Angeles, in California. And so like holding me from like behind as I'm like rocking back and forth on her bed. And most people like, especially dudes, they love making the joke like, well, this sounds great. Like a chick who could be mm, yeah. different chicks. Like, Dad, what are you, what are you freaking out about? It's like, yeah, bro, be in that bed. Yeah. And your reality is totally different than what you assumed it to be. And then tell me you don't freak out. And I just, uh, after she settled me down, I left. I just got the hell out of there. And which was the total wrong move to do. But I think I had a moment where I was just like, I have to get out of this place to feel like I'm going to have any chance to keep my sanity together. Right. Um, to try to keep it intact. I had to get out of space. I'm, I'm a very big flight guy on psychedelics as well. Oh, interesting. You're one of the guy that bails. I'm the guy who's like, I need to go walk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to never stop walking. <laughs> like I'm Forrest Gump on acid or not. I've never done acid, but like on mushrooms or whatever. But, um, so I leave and then, uh, a couple of days go by. Obviously she's not talking to me. She predicted exactly what would happen. Yeah. Um, even though I told her that wasn't true. Um, and so I'm just another person who can't handle her truth her reality, right. even though I was pretty pompous about it, to say the least. <laughs> a guy with a lizard in his brain can handle you <laughs> looking different, right? And so eventually she starts talking to me again. And um, so we're talking again, and we're supposed to have we're supposed to get together one night for like have a date or whatever, just hang out. And she just leaves me a, a voicemail message that says, can't hang out, it's happened again. And I was like, this is your moment to redeem yourself. So I was like, I have no idea what this means. That's all the information I'm given. So I just, I drive over to her place and I'm just outside her door now, like calling her like, hey, I'm here. It's not, no, you th you're going to think I'm a freak just like last time. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm here. I'm here right now. I'm like out, I'm literally outside your door. So she lets me in. I walk into her apartment and she has a roommate. It's a two-bedroom place and a roommate who I never once saw or met, who was always just in her room with the door closed. Right. And so I guess there was like no danger of her coming out while we were hanging out or whatever. And so I'm at her place and she's wearing like a big sweatshirt and like some, I think she's wearing like those sweatpants shorts, mm -hmm. you know, and um, like just some socks. And I was like, what's going on? And she goes, you know, you're going to think it's crazy. You're going to think it's crazy. And I was like, you can tell me I'm here. I'm here. I promise. I swear I'm not going to freak out this time. And she goes, so I'm sitting at work. And she's a rocket scientist. She, is her Jesus. job. She was working for one of the satellite company or one of the space engineering type whatever places, aerospace companies out here, out by the mall or the mall, the airport. <laughs> <laughs> She's at the sunglass hut. Uh, 
<laughs> so she's at the uh, you know one of those aerospace companies out there by the airport, and uh, she's like, I'm at work, I'm at my desk, and this woman walks by my desk, and she's like fully pregnant, getting ready to pop, and she stops and has a conversation with someone in front of my desk. And I remember just looking at her and thinking, Wow, look how happy she is. I wish I was happy like her. And then the two people they stop talking, and the woman walks off, and. She said about 15, 20 minutes later or whatever time it was, she goes, my clothes start to feel tighter and tighter. And then I realized shortly after that, that I'm becoming pregnant at work. And so she's like, I immediately understood. Then I realized what's going on. I was like, I got to get out of here. So she calls her boss, says, I ate something bad at lunch. I have to go. Goes home. And she's been home ever since. And I was like, so what happened? She goes, I became pregnant. And I was like, you're pregnant right now? Oh and my not God, one part fantastic. of my not one part of my man brain was like, "Is it mine?" <laughs> like that's there's no question about yeah. any of that. Yeah, you know, because she uh, wasn't pregnant. This, yeah, two weeks ago. Or yeah, what, it's not or, like. Yeah, that's the one thing in the Umbrella Academy. Did you ever see that show? I watched one episode. So you saw the first one. Yeah. So it's not like there was a bunch of people going like, "Whose kids are these?" Yeah. Like you know, yeah. everybody knew it was kind of a phenomenon, and so uh, she lifts up her sweatshirt. And it looks like she swallowed a beach ball. Wow. Like, a, like I mean, she wasn't a, a big gal, but, I mean, she was pregnant. Like, and all my younger sisters in Southern Ohio all had kids when they were, like, 17. So I've been around a bunch of pregnant women yeah, this my wasn't, whole entire life. This she shouldn't eat gluten. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so I'm, like, feeling the belly. I'm, like, listening for a kick. I mean, I know there's nothing in there probably. Yeah. And it was... So luckily I reacted in a good way. Like I embraced it. I was like, this is like, this is wild. We have to figure out what this is. We have to try to figure out what's happening or, you know, what is it with you? And this was back in the days of the internet where there was really, the internet now is an endless right. tunnel of, you know, Reddit threads and all these other things or that we can go down and we can find people, you can connect with people. I couldn't find anything about lizards. There was like one website i think it was called reptoids.com I, I think it's still a flash site on the internet david actually. ike or whoever was the only one talking about reptilians right? in the early aughts yeah yeah and so there was nothing about shape-shifting or anything other than maybe some native american folklore um and but like the internet wasn't yet to become the research database that it is now um wow. so i wasn't able to really find anything but so on that particular night we knew she wasn't pregnant, so we drank a bottle of wine, and then the next morning we woke up, and she was exactly how she had previously been. So interesting no that she could it. manifest that stuff by thinking about it. Potentially, that is the, that's one of the stronger theories. I mean, there's a bunch of theories. Um, I actually, I was surprised that this happened because she had told me over the years— I'd reach out to her to see how she was doing. And because um, this is one of my biggest regrets in life. Like when we parted ways, like I said, we had a very tumultuous relationship. Like one time we were driving down Sunset Boulevard to go out to dinner somewhere and we got into an argument. And I've never been this guy. Um, and then I was like, do you want me to turn this fucking car around right now? And like, we're, and she goes, I don't give a fuck. And I just flipped a Yui going 35 or whatever it was on Sunset without even checking traffic first. Oh, wow. And like, she's screaming. I'm like, what the fuck did I just do? You know, like and our relationship was just, it was insane, very intense. And, but when we split up, 
I don't even remember exactly how it happened, but um, we did promise each other that if she ever needed, if there was one person in the world she could call whenever she really needed it, that I, w- I would always answer the phone if she called. And so flash forward to a couple years later, I am living back in Ohio uh, with a girlfriend and she calls at like, it's like two in the morning on like a Wednesday. I see the phone ringing. I see it's her. And my girlfriend is like, what? Who's calling? And I was like, don't worry about it. And so I kind of, and she goes, don't worry about who's calling. And I was like, oh, it's my ex-girlfriend. And she goes at two in the morning on a fucking Wednesday. And you're going to answer the phone. And I was like, I have, I have to. And she's like, answer it. See what happened. And I was just like, so I just, you know, clicked Didn't it, to, answer it. Clicked yeah. it to voicemail. And so I've, I've always regretted that, that move. I mean, cause that moment might've been bigger than the relationship I was in at the time. Right. Um, just because she was unable to understand it didn't mean that I had to acquiesce. Yeah. But at the same time, that, that woman has crazy, that particular woman I'm still best friends with today. She has all kinds of precog dreams and all kinds of crazy stuff. I think she can potentially even, once she even figures out maybe another thing or two, might be able to solve cold cases from the past in her dream the world. The girlfriend? The girlfriend at the time? time who told me to click it to yeah. voicemail. You got to type? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A friend of mine said Boy, that was Tinder a, must be boring yeah, for yeah, you, yeah. huh? <laughs> a friend of mine said uh, I was a master of coincidence, meaning that, because I used to say I don't have any special powers, but for whatever reason, I meet people who do. Yeah. Like I'm drawn to those people. I get along with I get along with very difficult people as well. Like people be like, you get along with that person? I'll be like, yeah, we're, we, it's easy Same. to get along with that person. Same. And so flash forward to a few years ago, I reach out to her and let her know that I, I'm starting this podcast. And the premise of the podcast is, you know, me, my mind being blasted open to paranormal and you know, supernatural, mystical things. It was because of my experience with her many years earlier, blah, blah, blah. Um, she would email me back intermittently every once in a while. It's like, I'm sorry, I can't talk about this. The more I talk about it, the more it aggravates it. That's how she would say wow. it. Um, and then a, a few years ago, I'm on the road traveling. She's no longer living in Los Angeles. She's off the grid somewhere in like the Southeast. And this was after like spending time in Roswell and also spending time in other places where there was crazy things happening. This is you or her? Her. Okay. And um, and where she emails me back and she's like, oh, I saw that you're going to be in such and such an area. And I was like, yeah, I have, a, I have a, like a day or two off on between dates. And she goes, you can stay at my house. She's like, I'm warning you, I'm out in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, that's great. So I drive to her house uh, and I'm staying the night. That's the plan out in the middle of nowhere. And so I show up. We haven't seen each other in over 10 years. We've never spoken in that time. We've like messaged a little bit here and there. And we see each other and it's like, I saw her the day. It's like I saw her yesterday. It was crazy. Wow. And I'm like, I got a t-shirt for you. I got this new t-shirt I made that I really love. It, it says immortal for now. And it's got the tree of life on it. That's my merch at comedy shows. I think it's really cool. You know, and then I pull out the shirt and I show it to her and she freaks out because of a tattoo she had like literally just gotten. That's like the exact same. Oh, is this your twin flame? 
I mean, I don't know about that. I mean, I think I, I'm fascinated by Twin Flames, and I'm oh, also fascinated a by Soul Clusters. Subject of mine. Oh, is it? Yeah. And uh, Soul Clusters, because I'm, I'm, I just read, or um, I got like a few pages left of Journey of Souls by Dr. Michael Newton. Okay. Um, and I loved Many Lives, Many Masters. I'm like hard into reincarnation, but um, so I told her I was like, I'm. Thank you for letting me stay here. And like we had to go to a gas station somewhere, and it was a Sunday, so nobody was selling booze because you're in the South, and it's the blue ro- blue laws or whatever they call them, like those religious laws prohibiting yeah. the sale of alcohol. So we go and get some, just like three buck chuck at a gas station. Um, she's got some weed. I don't smoke weed anymore, and uh, I was like, "Listen, I gotta ask you for my own sanity." I'm like, "I can." You know, it's like that old Simon and Garfield. No, you know, I'm not a rock and an island. Like, I can't. My friends know about my experiences. And since I started the podcast, I talk about them with anybody who asks me. But, like, I'm the only person who experienced this with you. Uh, or you're the only person that experienced this with me, rather. And we have not talked about it in over a decade. And I feel like I might have made it all up. Like I might be, and if I did, I want to know if I'm crazy because I right. have a lot of ex- apologizing to do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've made it into a whole thing. Yeah, and um, but for my own sanity, but I'm like I don't care if I made it all up. I, I the only thing I care about is knowing that I did, so I can move on from it. And because uh, I have an overactive imagination, I always have. I have false memories from being a kid that were like crazy things that happened, and I'll bring them up to the like my mom or something. And they'll, she'll be like, what are you talking? That never, I don't remember that happening. I'm like, you'd remember me getting like tied up and banned or like taped my mouth closed and all this kind of shit at a daycare because I, I stole the extra donut or two yeah. from the lunch. And I know it happened. But, um, but I think a mom would remember her child being like bound up at a daycare. Yeah, unless her child knows how to hop dimensions or hop timelines. See, this is, see, that opens a whole nother bag of worms that I've, I haven't really considered when it comes to that particular instance. Yeah. Is because I know what happened, I that's how I got removed from the daycare because I finally said something about it like a week or so later. And yeah. then she freaked out and pulled me immediately out of the daycare. But um, also anyway, I asked her, I was like, I need to know. We, can we please, because we never, and experiencers of like the supernatural and the paranormal of like the strange, like the super, that that's really affects your mentality, your sanity or whatever. It's strange how, when people share those experiences with people, it's very, from what I found talking to all these people over the years is very few people talk about it yeah. uh, post the moment happening. Yeah. And it's so strange. You'll be like, you guys never talked about that after that? Like, no, we didn't. And that's, that's the norm. I think it's Augie Smith and I'll have to get his permission and maybe take this out. But I talk to Augie about how I was trained by aliens, how to levitate, how to move things with my eyes. Like I can sense where to do it. Like I can, like the, the feeling of the sense that I would use to do it. And then he was like, oh yeah, I did a show one night. We were all partying in a hotel room. And then someone was like, come here, I want to show you something. I went outside and they levitated up off the ground. But like, I had to like tell him a story to get that. You know what I mean? I had to like bring up specific levitation. Motherfucker, I've known you for 20 years. You've never mentioned watching someone levitate before. But everyone has these stories. You talk to people, I've everyone has I've known him for 15 years story. and I can't believe he's never mentioned I'm He knows sure what a weirdo Augie. I am. Yeah, I'll have to message him. I'm That's pretty sure so it was funny. Augie that told me that. He, I love Augie. He's been like my best friend since I was 20. He's my first friend when I started doing comedy in oh, the, he's the 90s. Best. Yeah. He's the best. Um, 
It so did, she said, yes, it did happen. She goes, yeah, okay, we can talk about it. And I was like, okay, good. Because I, I know you don't like to talk about it because it aggravates it. I mean, there's theories that she's a djinn um, or descendant of djinn, D-J-I-N-N, for people listening who might not know what that is. Okay. Um, their references of the djinn are all throughout the Quran, like shape-shifting tricksters. Interesting. They're like interdimensionals. They're like almost like, you know, not angels, but not demons necessarily. Um, this woman just recently died in the last two weeks. Unfortunately, Rose, Rosemary Ellie, Ellen Guiley um, wrote a bunch of books about the djinn. And then before, I think a year ago, she's like, I won't talk about it anymore. Like she just stopped at all these paranormal conferences, wouldn't address the djinn anymore. And it's it freaked me out so bad when I read her book, one of her books about the djinn that I, I, I mean, it's a dumb joke, but I had to open an Etsy account to get a handmade necklace off a teenage girl in Thailand. <laughs> Like the because I needed I needed a very specific amulet. I needed iron. I needed the circle of Solomon, and it needed to be made of iron. And that was the only where place I could find it was Etsy, um, because I didn't want these motherfuckers showing up. And like like a lot of people think um, that they're connected to like the shadow people see uh, when people see when they have sleep paralysis and stuff. But um, hmm. but anyway, so there's there's thoughts that she's a highly untrained witch that uh, she might be Jin because I think. I think I can say this because there's certain things about her I can't say publicly. Right. Um, I, th- I think I can say this. She has an aunt who has been her whole life, as far as she can remember, back to being a kid, has lived in a cave in the Middle East. Just like, but everyone in the family thinks she's just crazy, right? Right. She's just a crazy woman who lives in a cave. Jin live in caves. Is uh, like underground and in caves, uh, allegedly, right? So, and politicians even today, like in modern times over there, will talk about making deals with gin to win elections and things like that. But it's a blood pact and you don't want to do it. Right. Um, so if someone's listening to this and thinking, oh, maybe I'll make a deal with a gin to get what I want. It's like, you don't want to. It's like the last thing you want to do. Would that be a different culture's description of like the shapeshifters that our government is? Um, potentially, I think, well, they're not typically the people who are trying to, Jin aren't typically trying to like control and run things. Okay. Um, it's where the word genie comes from. Okay. Um, genie is just like a Western bastardization of, yeah. of the who gen. us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So I, uh, so we start talking very briefly about it and she goes, you know what? And we'd been drinking a little bit and she had some weed and she goes, you know what? Grab your mics. And I was like, grab my mics. And she goes. You better do it now before I change my mind. So I grabbed my mics and we did about a two hour long interview. Um, and, you know, because iTunes and all those places don't do more than your last 250. Um, and the synchronicity of it all was so crazy. Um, it was a really intense talk. Um, it's probably the best. Well, it's the most popular interview I've ever done. I don't know if it's the best. I mean, but she's the origin. I mean, the or- my first episode is called Origins and it's all about her. Wow. And in that episode, I'm like, I'm never going to talk to her, so accept that or, or don't listen. Like, oh, how convenient a guy starts a paranormal podcast because he dated a woman who could shapeshift. But he's already told us from the very beginning that he's never going to be able to, will never be able to hear her right. on the podcast. What a What is that a coincidence? Well, that ended up happening. And I was born in 1976 on July 9th. And... The episode was I call I call them experiences, not episodes. It was Experience seventy six, that was released. Just happened to be 
the day that it always came out was on July 9th. So it came out on my birthday. Um, it just timed up that way. And wow. it's like there was one or two things I had to edit out that were just too intense that I couldn't have people hear because it was it's too much for me to even try to remember. Like I'll remember some of the things she said and it makes me want to just cry and die. Some of the horrific like truth and reality that may or may not you know, be experienced by more than just her. But I mean, it's like some scary stuff for sure. Um, but it was an intense, there were moments during the interview I thought she might shift or it might happen. And cause it'd been so long and because of the environment, we were in total darkness out on her porch in like the rural South. And all you, you can hear the crickets and the frogs or whatever, like so loud, you can hear them throughout the whole interview. But like, and I could barely see her, but I could see her eyes. They shimmered and were bright even in the darkness. And I just remember thinking like, if she shapeshifts right now, I'll fucking lose my mind. Even though I had experienced it twice because it had been yeah. so long. Wow. Is that the last time you saw each other? Yeah. Do you talk? She hasn't responded to me in uh, probably a year and a half or so. Two Are years. you telepathically connected? You dream about her? I don't really, I stopped remembering my dreams as a kid because they were so awful, but I'm trying to re start remembering them now. And mm -hmm. I, the girlfriend who made me click her to voicemail, uh -huh. um, she can actually do a thing where she, if you request, she can find your dream self and someone else's dream self. And like, she's like a dream matchmaker. She can bring you together to hang out in Aww. the dream realm or the astral plane or wherever. Yeah. Like she can try and it's helpful. Um, so if you really want to hang out with somebody in the dream world or on the astral plane, potentially is where it might be she can go find both of you and then kind of bring you together somewhere that's to hang tight out. does she want to do my podcast <laughs> you know what i bet she she lives in ohio i'm pretty uh i'm pretty the ether is uh astral plane i call the ether is um kind of my jam so i'm pretty good at tracking people down in their dreams i just now want to figure out if you are uh twin flames with a gin that's sick you know the the because people have an I guess it's weird because people don't usually message me this ever, but when it comes to that interview and with her and obviously they know how loaded it all was and like, they know what our relationship was and all that kind of stuff. People were like, like total strangers will just be like, well, these two people are clearly soulmates. Listen yeah. to them talk. And for whatever reason, I mean, I just don't know if I will ever see her again. I mean, I get a little emotional even right now thinking about it, but, um, I don't know if she'll want to see me again. Yeah. Just because I do know that she's, I can probably, I do know that I, I think she's probably married now. And I don't know if this person knows these things, you know, yeah. about, you know, but um, that's when it kind of stopped the the messaging. Yeah. Like when even she was to, getting married. even general, like, hey, just checking in, see how you're doing, what's going on. Um, the last time we, we messaged was, oh, I've got engaged. And I was like, oh, that's great. You know, congrats. And she's like, yeah, we've known each other for like three weeks. Is, well, that's just me. And I was like, yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, I, it could, it'll work. It could work, you know, good luck. And yeah. then I haven't heard, I haven't been able to get a response from her since. You remember the movie Hancock with Will Smith and... Charlize Theron. Am I saying that name right? Yeah, wait, wait. He's the... Uh... He's like a drunk superhero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those yeah. are twins. Where 
at the end, the whole twist is that those two, she's like, we can't be around each other because yeah. we, um, we'll stop being supernatural if we're around each other. Oh, yeah. So we have to stay separate. That's a good example of uh, how a lot of twins I've, turn out. I do love the the idea that, like, you know, because when it comes to, like, soulmates, soul clusters, twin flames, like, they're... I've tried to help other people figure out a twin flame situation, and I just wasn't equipped enough for it. Yeah. And it was a very intense thing. I can tell you. I hate to do this to your listeners, but I can tell you off mic about it a little bit. Um, yeah. But it's, like, crazy intense. Yeah, they are. I've been doing more twin flame readings lately because it's definitely a thing. I don't think we know what it is. I think it's actually a allegory so that we can work out programming. I believe that we're going up, like we're merging as one one consciousness again very quickly right now. And that the twin flame program we are currently running is to like transmute attachment into love. But um, the basic premise is that a a twin is is like a, a higher self playing two avatars and your avatars meet. So I'm so into this. Oh, shit, I'm so into this. I had a deep meditation not too long ago. It was a new moon meditation. I'm a new moon guy. Yeah, we, I, you did a new moon meditation right before I texted you. Yeah, right? I'm a new moon guy. And like those were when like the juices are really flowing for me. Yeah. And I did this new moon meditation. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was this meditation. And I, I saw so much. I saw the tower of my life, and it was fucking harrowing because my higher self took me to the tower of my life in desolate like darkness kind of grayish you can see like there's moonlight kind of but it's kind of it's dark enough but you can still see what you're where you're going and what's there and i'm going up this dark blackish gray tower of my life and he's showing and he's floating up the steps and i'm kind of like walking up the steps in every room on the spiral staircase as we go up as we're ascending to the top is fucking empty just empty and i'm just like the rooms of my life are empty man like this sucks i'm like crying i've got my eyes and i'm seeing all this stuff and then one of the rooms there's like a the um what would it be like a baby onesie for like a little girl that's just on the floor and i like bring it to my face and i'm like trying to like you know smell it or feel it or whatever and i realize i've lost my daughter like maybe i was been you know screwing off too much in this life the daughter I was supposed to have, I've lost her. Oh, right? shit. And so then I get up to the top of the tower and I'm on the flat tower and it's got like those little castle things around it, you know, like the, you know, yeah. like a fence or whatever it is. And um, my higher self is just kind of floating there. It kind of looks like me, but with almost like Gandalf or whatever, but just kind of like floating almost in neon blue. And, and I'm just like, I'm like, my life is empty. I haven't made room for people in my life. Like, I've been too selfish. Like, I I keep people out. I don't, I'm not open to intimacy. Like, you know, this is horrible. I'm, you know, well, unless I discover, figure out alchemy all the way, I'm like, you know, about halfway done. (laughs) Or maybe a quarter of the way done. Depends. And, And I'm like, I have to light a candle. Like that Fogarty song. From CCR, I got to put a candle in the window so all these people know they can come home to occupy the rooms of my life so I can have people there. So I have to fucking light candles in every room, dude. And so I light a candle on the roof because that's where I am. I get a candle lit. And then immediately after I get that first candle lit, my higher self just takes me and super blasts me 
away from the tower of my life and like 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 Star Trek when they go into warp drive and I'm just like, no, you know, like, like fuck it. I didn't get to light my candles, man. And then I think the message there was like, hey, one candle at a time, bro. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what it was. Yeah. Um, but in that same meditation, after the tower of life thing, I see my old self. I see me as an old ass man. And I'm sitting on a park bench. I got a cane. I'm old as hell. I got like a pug face. I'm like old. <laughs> like this is great. You know, I get to live yeah. a long life. And I see that I'm smiling and it makes me cry again because I'm like, oh, my old ass self is happy. Fuck yeah. And then I kept trying to see my left hand. Like, do I ever get married? Do I, do I, am I alone the rest of my, you know, what, what's the, and I couldn't, it wouldn't let me see my left hand. Flash forward to another vignette of who I am. I'm a black woman with a baby suckling at my breast. And I'm like, how am I, I'm like, is this a past life? And I was like, no, this is not a past life. This is right now. And I'm like, I'm a white man. And it's like, no, motherfucker, you are a black woman with a baby. And I'm like, I'm living multiple lives right yeah. now. I'm like, I have a simultaneous life. But here's the thing. My sense was, and I could be wrong about this. My sense was, this isn't a multidimensional scenario. This is on planet Earth right now that I could run into this person. This who other is avatar, yeah. And so that, and so, and Journey of Souls, that Michael Newton book has people like, you know, in between lives like talking to the like the souls and maps out like the in between space. Yeah, and like he talks about how you can do that. Eight. How you can split. Yeah, how, and it's difficult. And you really and if you don't do it right, you can really you, you just almost like a cat's game of tic tac toe. Yeah. It's like you didn't get anything out of both of these because you you bit off more than you could chew potentially. Yeah, and so I think somewhere out there, I am this woman. Oh, interesting. Currently, yeah. right now. And I'm trying not to think about it too much because now I'll just be obsessed with trying to find her. Yeah. And I just can't be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you me? There's 7 billion people on the planet. I can't go around trying to find her. Um, I don't mean to cut you off. I'm just curious because it's become sort of a subjective thing these days, I guess. When you're experiencing these things in your meditation, what is your, what is your version of meditation? Is it quiet in a room? Is it taking acid? Is it... Because this Curbing. is sort of a fantastical experience. I'm curious how you get there. Well, that's a yeah. I, that's an interesting question because for years I've been trying to groove into meditation and it's been a real struggle for me. I can't do it because I've been trying to sit quietly somewhere yep. and like zen out. And then I realized if I put on some noise canceling headphones and I play this one video on YouTube that's like a meditation music. It's like three hours long. I never go three hours or haven't yet. But if I've got that music going. Um, and I'm like laying, sitting, I got one of those reading pillows for my bed. Uh huh. And so I'm just kind of like, you know, I got my legs out. I'm kind of almost, I'm like reclined almost on a, like a pool chair yeah. position. And I got the headphones on if I'm in a pool, I have to be very comfortable almost to where you could fall asleep. Cause right. I have fallen asleep before surrounded by crystals, maybe wearing some crystals, uh, depending on what I'm wanting. Maybe I have a list there depending on if it's a new moon or I'm trying to release or trying to manifest or whatever. I'm trying to incorporate more water because I'm a cancer. I need to be doing yeah. more water in my magic and in my meditation so I can dissolve things away and blah, blah, blah. But for me, if I get that music going and then I close my eyes and then I just try to, I start with something simple, this 
this shamanic Reiki healer that I've been seeing. Um, I, I use some of her like guided meditation tricks. So I just, I root my, I just see all these roots growing out of my body. And then I have, then I visualize, I try to visualize like gold or whatever color it happens to be for what I need, like from the universe pouring into me to refill me. And then from there, if I'm lucky, I can start blasting off to things. Um, but I can't, I don't always get that. I don't always get that lucky. It um, would have to be music and visualization. But for, for me, that. that's how I meditate now. I mean, I do active meditations when I'm walking and hiking with my eyes open, just walking around. But for me, like I, I can't get to that place if I'm just sitting quietly in a room somewhere with my eyes closed and like focusing on breath. That meditation doesn't do the same for me that having the music and, yeah, and darkness. Can you with, do the holo, have you tried the holotropic breathing or whatever the fuck it's called? I haven't, I haven't done that yet. And, me either. Um, I have a difficult time breathing through my nose just oh. from, um, I might have a deviated septum. I'm okay. not sure from just too much powder over the years yeah. going up it. <laughs> um, but like I've, I've definitely fucked up my breathing because of that. Yeah. Um, cause when I'm running or whatever else, I'm like, this isn't great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but for me, it's it's that silent sitting it never has gotten me to blast off. To and guided meditations for me are fun too. Like if you find someone who's good at doing a guided meditation for you, yeah. Um, if you if you find someone who really you can really latch onto their voice, that's really great for me uh, as well. But this, I don't know how we're doing on time, but like this LED, Pretty close. okay, this LED light meditation. I've only smoked DMT once, and it was very intense. And it was with Shane Moss. and I'm having him on in a couple of weeks. I'm so excited. Yeah, he's the best. And uh, we were in a comedy. I was working. I was headlining a comedy club in Lilydale, like basically St. Paul, Minneapolis, called mm -hmm. The Joke Joint. And so you live the condo right above the owner of the club, Ken and Becky Reed. Yeah, I know them. I've done and, their uh, Houston room. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I'm staying up there. This is when Shane's still kind of messed up from his uh, broken feet. yeah. But so he's living with family close by. He he drives in and just to hang out, but he brings DMT with him. And so then, uh, you know, on Friday night after the shows is when we did it. And then Saturday I had the best shows of my life. Wow. Uh, it was weird. I mean, I'm on stage at one point, I'm like staring at somebody in the front row and I'm like, I'm just trying to see if your face will turn into fractals. Yeah. And, but, like, <laughs> but I was so in the moment and like this crowd was like so like suburbs. They, yeah. they they loved it. And yeah. Like they had no idea what I was saying. Right. But they loved it because I was just, I was flowing. I was connected, I guess. But anyway, so that 15 minute intensity of a DMT trip, I'm not saying that LED light meditation is the same, but I thought I was in Nashville. They sponsored the show. It's a 15 minute meditation. I was like, okay, some light blinks in front of you while you have your eyes closed, whatever. You can listen to music. Um, okay, fine. Maybe I'll fall asleep for a couple minutes of it. We go, we sit down. We do the thing, and I'm just like, holy shit, I'm not ready for this. It's like Blast Off City. It is intense really? visualizations. Really? No, I want to do it. It is um, white lights blinking at intermittent speeds. There was like some really intense shamanic drumming music that was playing mm -hmm. in my head. So your experience will be much different depending on the music you're listening to. Um, but I saw all these different colors at one point. I was chasing at a static distance, couldn't get closer, but also wasn't falling further away, the flower of life down a liquid tunnel. Oh, my goodness. Right? And I was like, 
following it, trying to get it. Um, and then I saw very briefly in the distance, and there's all different kind of patterns and things are occurring in the yeah. last for varying moments of time. He makes you do a two minute test before you do the 15 minute thing, just to, so you can see what it's like. And if you have seizures and all these other things, you can't do it. And I was like, oh, that felt like 10 seconds. But then when you do the 15 minutes, it feels like you're in there for an hour. Wow. So it's much different. But so, and then I see like in the distance and like yellow, beige, but with like gray, almost like faded graphite pencil. Like when you smear it, I saw like a lizard, a left, the profile, the left lizard eye. This is the eye I've seen like in the darkness staring at the ceiling before. And like I've seen other things with it, but just like normally just trying to fall asleep at night. But, and I see it, I'm like, oh shit, the lizard eye. Cause about four minutes in, I was like, I gotta get out of here. The fight or flight part yeah. of me with psychedelics kicks in. It's like, I'm like, can I take this thing on a walk? Yeah, 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 right. So then next thing you know, um, other things start happening. Lizard eye's gone. And I was like, dude, we got to get back to lizard eye. I hope that shows back up again. And then suddenly, like towards the end, and there's like heavy, like, dong, 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 dong. Like the drums are going crazy. And I'm like, my heart's going crazy. And then it's, and all the blues and reds and whites, all these cubes and everything, they dissipate. And then it goes beige, yellow again. And it's like almost quiet, even though there's like still drums and oh my goodness chanting happening in the music and this headphones. is weirdly stuff that the aliens i was trying to invent in 2000 but i was a tweaker but this is one of the first things is i was like virtual reality therapy we will be able to rewrite the coding of our minds with lights and music will change the way the structure of the way that our mind is programmed which will take us to the higher things i didn't it was trying to do it with winamp do you remember that <laughs> Winamp on like a tube uh, computer monitor. Uh, but here's the thing. Now that you're, I mean, now that you don't have that that uh, obstacle in the way of the future things that you'll want right. to make. Right, yeah. Who knows what's going to yeah. happen now. Well, I just am like listening to myself now because all the stuff that the alien, like all the stuff that I was getting, all these downloads I was getting, they all happened. They were like male and female will cease to exist. And this is the example I use all the time. So I was like, are people's dicks going to fall off? And then it takes a lot longer, but then male and female cease to it. Like the, the gender starts to fade. Yeah, you know? that's interesting. It's not like what you think it is, but it's right. still exactly what they said it was. Exactly. And they were said that um, X generation would live to be 150. Nobody would die after that. Nobody would have to die. It would be a complete optional thing. That seemed insane. And now they're like, oh my millennials God, we didn't aren't going to die. We didn't even talk about transhumanism yet. No. Um, and like, a, we have 10 more podcasts. Yeah, for sure. For sure. There's... Um, but just to put a bow on the light meditation thing. So then the lizard eye shows back up again. And I'm fucking excited. And I'm getting emotional. And it's in the distance. And it's pretty tiny. And it slowly but surely is moving closer and closer to me. And I don't know what's going to happen. I'm excited, but I'm also like, should I be afraid right now? And then slowly, slowly it's getting closer and closer. And I'm kind of filled with joy, love, and fear. And then it just doesn't stop coming towards me and the next thing you know the lizard's eye is like right so big and it's right there and then i am swallowed by the pupil of the lizard eye wow and boom meditation over and it's like 
I walk out of there thinking to myself, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. I've got a show to do. <laughs> and I just got swallowed by a lizard. And I just got <laughs> swallowed by a lizard. <laughs> <laughs> and like people are like, well, no, you you visualize yourself being swallowed by the lizard. And I was like, you don't understand what I'm saying. <laughs> I was swallowed by the lizard's eye. And like, what is going to happen now? Right? Wow. And... um. And I got to be honest, I was a little, more than a little fucked up the rest of the day. Like, How'd your set go? <laughs> my set was fun. Uh, <laughs> my set was fun, but I didn't know I'd be like tripping that hard that day, totally sober. Jeez. It was intense. And I it, do like, that. I would definitely will be doing this again. There's a lady in Santa Monica. He hooked me up with her already, like her info. There's only 280 of these lights out there. Let's do it. I'll go with you. So, yeah, I mean, it's like also bring whatever music you want. My buddy who there was three of us that went, my buddy was listening to he switched his music halfway through and then switched it to The Wall by Pink Floyd. And I immediately was like, oh, I need that. Oh, I need that because I'd have less anxiety on that one. Yeah, I need M83. I don't know them. Or, Or what is that? It's a band. I guess they do a lot of music for. Do you know what I'm talking about? Are they like Spongle? They do a lot of like trip. They music? do stuff for movies, I guess. I oh, don't know. Oh. They have, Midnight City is a popular song of theirs that you've probably heard. But they are they are songs I remember from my dreams of the future. I remember certain things from seeing the future when I was Do you need young. the dream journal or do you, can you just remember? I just remember. But then a lot of it is like things happen and I'm like, oh, I remember this from dreaming the future. I don't know, before I was alive maybe. And I remember the windmills. The big giant windmills. I remember them from before time. I don't know from childhood dreaming of them, and and M eighty three was playing, and so it's a very that's interesting. It is because I mean they say scent is the one of the strongest uh, senses tied to memory, but and then you like start to realize the more you read about it, like oh, some scientists think there's over twenty senses, some think there's over fifty different senses that we can currently measure now even yeah. though everyone thinks we have five senses um and it's it's just part of me is like i don't know i mean i've had like some crazy experiences and some of them have traumatically affected me I, like recently we can talk about this another time but i had a, the most traumatic paranormal experience of my life about a month and a half ago doing a paranormal documentary in florida and i will not ever go out into the woods alone by myself ever Jeez, again i wouldn't now <laughs> And I just won't. I just, I can't do it. I My dream was a mountain house in Lake Arrowhead. Now it's penthouse, concrete, City millions people. of people surrounding me. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that. We got to let Brian go. You, you ready? <laughs> All right. Where can people find you? Uh, they can find me at ryansingercomedy.com or ryansing on Instagram. Um, I, I prefer that one over Twitter, but I, I still do Twitter every once in a while, I guess. Okay. But yeah, so Ryan Singer Comedy's got all the links to uh, I, my last album called Free Love was free, came out last October. And uh, so it's a pretty fun album. If you like jokes about Bigfoot, crystals, chaos magic, talking to your water, teleportation, singularity, that's the whole album. Hell yeah. Um, so, uh, and it's free. So free download. So don't buy it. Um, do not buy the album. And it was, uh, Vulture picked it as a top 10 album last year. So that was pretty cool. Oh, hell yeah. So, I mean, if you like stand up comedy, that's, um, 
I guess a little more esoteric or a little more niche. Yeah, I'm surprised. Mine's niche, but mine's like if you like hearing about getting molested, <laughs> drinking your pee, and shooting up. <laughs> um, and then your podcast they can find on your site as well. Uh, yeah, me and Paranormal You, or this is where the magic happens. And then this is coming out Monday, and then I'm doing your podcast tomorrow that will come out at some point. So if you want to hear the the next part two of this conversation, yeah, that'll probably come out. Uh, I'll put that up on Friday. Okay, so perfect. Just the same week. We'll do the same week. Hell yeah. So if you want to hear part two, then check out his podcast. As always, if you want to get a reading, uh, you can order that at jessareed.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at jessareedcomedy.com. You can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at soberishpod.com. And then watch me never post anything. It's not Soberish Podcast. That's somebody else who had an actual recovery podcast. <laughs> you can also find us at the Soberish Podcast Facebook group. And if you haven't already started Mormon in the Meth Head, start at episode one. We will see you next week. 